2: Welcome to News from the Krabby Coffee Shop with your host, Don McLean, from the adventures of Bradley and Don on My Talk 107.1, GarageLogic's newsman, Mr. FYI, John Haidt, and the krabbiest guy in the coffee shop, Kenny Olson.
0: I am krabby. I'm krabby about these shows that you've got me watching, McLean. Oh. Um, And I know you didn't force me to watch Naked and Afraid, but I watch it because I hope to see just... Even some side boob, and I just get nothing. Yeah, they really throw that out. That show would be better off if it wasn't naked, if the naked part, if they were allowed to wear clothes. Just called Afraid. Yeah, it'd be more interesting to me. But that show and Alone, and there's a few others about Alaska. Uh, The Alaska ones aren't so bad, but the Alone show really makes me mad because they put restrictions in place that will cause the contestants to lose oh they're not because I watch these shows and I go well wait a minute mountain men lived Oops. alone forever they were out there all by themselves but they had firearms even though they were muzzle loaders mm-hmm. they were allowed to kill game whenever they were hungry oh yeah the alone people if it's not in season they can't shoot it Well, they they can't can't shoot it. Yeah, one guy has a has an archery setup, Mm -hmm. and he's shooting grouse, and that guy is amazing. And and they they have fishing line, and sometimes one guy had a net. nets, yeah. yeah, And it's all of these restrictions that will force these people to lose. So I'm mad about this. And then John, um, you have watched um, Dick Prenecke alone in the wilderness. It's a PBS thing, yeah. 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 And he had. Even though he was out in Alaska in the bush, he had built himself a cabin and he had a buddy that would fly in supplies and he would stay out there all winter. And it's like a Mm -hmm. billion below zero out there. I mean, it's seriously, Don, it's 60 below. Yeah, this old fart is out there, but he's surviving. Yeah. And he's making it work. And the alone thing doesn't work for me. Alone, so by somehow, the way, is on
2: Hulu. If you don't know what that is, it's a survival yeah, I, show that's like extreme survival shows where there is no film crew. They drop them off. They come by to do a medical check, I think, like every two weeks or something. But they don't even talk to them, and um, they have to they have to survive.
0: And I think the contest. Uh, I watch reruns on History Channel. Okay, I think that's where it originates. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh. Uh, mice. They're eating mice. They're that mm-hmm. desperate. They eat no. mice. I'm not eating a mouse. No, You are if you're starving. You think? Yeah. The thing about you is, though, you seem eager to eat a mouse. Um, <laughs> it I seems could... to me that, that you would try it even though you're not starving. Is that true, or do I have the wrong line? Oh, no, I, I, I probably might...
2: would. <laughs> What's wrong with me? No, I probably wouldn't, yeah. I mean, it's just like I've seen them so many times, like, you know, just like char it a little bit, take the skin off, and then just like pick at it, little pieces, oh. you know, a little bit. I mean, it is gross, but like Jesus. if you're starving and you need like, you know, it'll tell you like, oh, they just got you know 11 grams of protein off that. I tell
0: you what, Don, I'll take you to the deep fried mouse on a stick at the state fair. Oh boy, and I, and I'll where's purchase that now? One for you. The Mountain Man. <laughs> They would have to eat their horses and their dogs. And that's what, and oh, yeah. that wasn't a big deal. And some of them would boil up leather from like shoes and moccasins. Yes. And to, no, I would, I, I think I just go, you know, and then we understand the cannibalism thing. Um, if if Boy, we, we were took out,
2: a leap here, didn't we? No, <laughs> if, if we,
0: Dawn, if we had to do naked and afraid together, I think two days in, Please I'd be looking me. at you thinking, you know that calf. Uh, there's a lot of meat on. That. I, no. I could.
2: <laughs> no, don't even talk about it. No,
0: that arm, look at that no. forearm, boy. I would be,
2: <laughs> I would be um, whittling myself a dress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want a small, but it would have to be long sleeve and it would have to go right down to your your ankles. Because I'm not looking at your boobs. I'm looking at your like, oh, that's some shoulder meat there. Yeah, this <laughs> or, shoulder is real tough neck. right we now. We could make some soup out of that neck meat. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: I um, picked this book up whenever I was in the. Book. Black Hills when I had my South Dakota trip. And yeah. it's really, really good. Um, this is an old school. It's called The Prairie Traveler. And oh, it's I a handbook. That. Oh, you do. Randolph yeah. Marcy, Captain in the U.S. Army. It's from th- like eighteen. I think I got it
0: in the Black Hills. Yeah, it's, it's so good because they That's tell you which book. routes
2: to take and yep. how yep. much you should take. My favorite part is like if you run out of spices and stuff and, and um, you're eating some meat, just sprinkle a little gunpowder on it. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, you what? Go. I'm not doing that. Like, don't they know that's not good?
0: Oh my gosh. Salt was a big commodity to yeah. bring with. Cause it would, it would help you preserve the <sighs> Yeah, Yeah. That's guy, a great book. It's awesome.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it goes anything from like which routes to take to how much food to bring, um, when to eat your horses. Um, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, this is, this is a part called sores and diseases. Um, so
0: sore.
1: Love that word sore. A sore and sword. disease,
2: the packing and driving <laughs> just like don't whip your your uh team too much.
1: Oh,
0: right. Yep.
2: Um, it's like, because why were you guys so, I said whip and you were
0: like, what? For once it's us being immature.
1: (laughs) Whenever I hear the word whip, I think a blazing saddle, sorry. Excuse me. Whip (laughs) this out. Oh my God.
2: Oh yeah. So you can pick that up. Uh, yeah, it's called the Prairie Traveler. I'm sure you can order it on Amazon.
0: Um, so with all of this in mind, and I think this came up actually the night I had watched a few episodes of Alone. I You know, I give up on TV and I go to this YouTube Reels thing and you just start mindlessly watching this garbage. Um, And this video comes up from a guy named Peter Santinello. And John, I think you're familiar with this guy because your son, Dill, has shown you videos that he That's- does.
1: Correct. He just goes around and meets people who have uh, maybe odder lifestyles than the rest of us and uh, gets them to talk about it. It's, it's pretty interesting. He's shown me two or three different clips before you sent me this one.
0: And so the headline is living off the grid in the Arizona desert. And I automatically think, uh, and there was like a picture of an RV. And so I automatically think of you, Don, and I start watching it, but I'm not really paying attention. And um, right away he pulls in, and, and this is about living in the Arizona desert, off the grid, two hours west of Phoenix. There's BLM land out there, um, um, Bureau of Land Management land, and evidently, you can pay Arizona or somebody 180 bucks and live there for six months anywhere out in the desert. I was Um,
2: wondering that when I saw the video. I'm like, what are their fees?
0: Right. And... Um, A lot of it's very primitive camping, which means no services, including restrooms. And some of it does have water and restrooms and a place to dump your tank, et cetera. Um, But I'm watching this, and uh, Peter pulls in, and he gets out of his truck, and he starts talking to a couple of guys. One is a big black dude and a retired cop, and then there's another guy there named Bob. And (laughs) Bob's standing off to the distance, kind of um, not fully committed to being interviewed, and I should have known who Bob was just from his posture. Yeah. Because yep. Bob has a certain way of standing and holding his body while he listens and talks. And, but it didn't register with me. And Bob looks, frankly, homeless. He looks crazy. <laughs> he looks crazy. He looks crazy. Like he, could yep. be he just muttering. looks like he hasn't
2: like um, really got a haircut or brushed his hair in a while. Yeah. And,
0: Still, with all of that in mind, I have no idea who this Bob character was. And Peter goes, there's actually an ambulance over there. And Bob goes, yeah, that's mine. Uh, So they walk over to this ambulance. On the side, it's an ambulance that's been repainted. It says, the Bob Davis podcast. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And it's Bob Davis who used to work at Hubbard Radio. Yeah. He was he was the program director at KS ninety five. He hired you, John. He did. He's uh
1: my he's responsible for me being associated oh, with well Hubbard Radio. Well then I love him many, and many years ago.
0: Bob was um I don't want you to take this the wrong way, volatile, but not in a <laughs> he's gonna kick your ass or punch you in the face way. Um, yep. because things would come flying out of Bob's office. Like somebody would send him an edition tape or something and he'd rip it out of his machine. <gasps> and I love him. Chuck it. Yes. And that that's Kenny. That's me. Cause yeah. I have done that a million times. And then, um, he either quit or got fired. You know how it is in radio. But <laughs> he quit. Then he, he quit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, he quit. But Bob started in radio in Chicago when he was a teenager. So uh-huh. he's been doing radio his whole oh, life. That's yeah. He came back to AM as a talk show host and bumped around the day parts and finally ended up uh, on the morning show, and Bob and I were forced to work together. Um, by forced, I mean we were forced to work together. <laughs> Bob didn't take kindly to that, and I needed a paycheck, so we did our best and tried to get along, um, but I loved Bob off the air. Bob, uh, to me, was fun, and I, I even though he didn't like working with me, I really liked Bob. Yeah. Um <laughs> So what Bob did is he quit the business and started podcasting. I think in two thousand nine, really yeah, early remarkable. on.
1: He was in between. He was a consultant, by the way. After he right. left
0: AM, he became a right. radio consultant.
2: He said he retired in twenty fourteen in the in the piece.
0: Right from uh, from the world, yeah. Uh, and, and one indication that, that I should have known that Bob would turn out this way is, you remember in 1999, everybody was freaking out about the year 2000 and all the, all the computers were going to crash and mm-hmm, all that. Y2K. Bob was one of them freaking out and he got on the road and started driving around and, um, was actually, I think he was, and I could be getting this wrong on Bob. I apologize if I'm wrong about this, but the story I remember is he was somewhere up in Canada on the road driving around. Um, when we went from 99 to 2000, and it turned out everything was fine. Waiting for the world to
1: end, basically, is what he was doing. Um,
0: Um, And Bob's show was very conservative, and um, he didn't like independence, if I remember right. He he said, you're too wishy-washy, pick up a side. Uh, He didn't like uh, libertarians. Um, for obvious reasons. I mean, we all think we're libertarians, but we're really not. And, and on and on and on. And every, every show was uh, politics and callers would call up and there'd be arguments and, and whatnot. Um, but Bob is a totally different now. And he yes. does podcasts and he does a little bit of YouTube stuff. He fired up his YouTube channel after, um, Peter ran this piece and he's still driving around the country doing podcasts in this ambulance
2: seems so cool he seemed like a really cool guy he's He's, emailed me before
0: he has oh really
2: i don't remember i think it had something to do with the morning show uh when i was on the morning show um over there on on my talk for eight years until recently and i moved to noon
0: he sold everything yeah. I mean he got rid of everything. And if it's not in his ambulance, which by the way, he hasn't converted the inside.
2: I know. It's still he an said, ambulance.
0: I ambulance. I, I watched one of uh, Bob's YouTube videos and he said it could go back into service as an ambulance anytime. I haven't done anything in here. <laughs> oh my He's just God. moved his stuff in there. He's got a bedroll that he he uh, rolls out and sleeps on, he had to come back to Wisconsin. He's got family uh, in Wisconsin. He had to come back to Wisconsin early from the desert this year in April and um, help the family out and started going through some belongings. Discovered that his ex-wife, who he gets along really well with, mm-hmm. um, and he was at his, the ex-wife's family place on a lake in uh, Wisconsin, uh, and he found some more belongings of his that she had been storing, threw that, threw those away. And he's done the Swedish death cleaning thing (laughs) far (laughs) earlier than most of us. Yeah, he didn't
2: want any stuff. I love that.
0: He's got no stuff, Don. Yeah. And when it's time to go, he's on the road with everything. And so I've been watching a couple of his and listening to his podcast. He uh, went up to upstate New York and took all side roads, didn't get on any freeways, avoided all major cities and worked his way over to uh, upstate New York. And I am so envious.
2: I know. I am too. Is, it seems so freeing, you know.
0: It's what I want to do. Are you willing? Uh, okay, say your situation was different. You'd say you were still single. Would you be willing to do that? Of course. Get rid of everything? Yes. And if you could find a way to make a living on the road. Mm-hmm. And when you're on the road for the rest of your life.
2: I'm fine with it. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks pretty, I'm sure there are a lot of things about it that suck, but just the trappings of just like having to go to the same place every day, I just have more of an independent spirit than that. Um, but I also am realistic and I know that, you know, I need a 401k because, you know, I... When you get older, you're going to need money to to have (laughs) so that you're not burdening people. You know, I put quite a bit of as much as I can into my um, savings. So, yeah, I contribute a lot and um, I just don't feel like I can get out from under that. You know,
0: it is a feeling of that, isn't Mm -hmm. it? That's that's my feeling. How do you do that? And some people can't, and Bob said it's not for everyone. He said some people try it, and like they show up out in the desert out there, and people say, you know what, this isn't for you. You're not ready for this, you're not well, ready.
1: The for- learning curve has to be amazing. I, you know, it, yeah. say, say one of us did that, uh, your life would be 100% changed, not just a yep. little bit. It, it'd be, yep. you know, yeah. you, it must take months to get used and to that. And
0: Bob said he worked up to this. For a while he would go out oh. um, And and follow a story like the pipeline story in North Dakota or uh, something in uh, deep south. And he would be out for two, three, four weeks. And then every time he got home, it was a letdown. And that's what I experience when I do week-long or two-week-long road trips. I hate coming home. (sighs) It's... Coming home to all my crap and all my burdens and all my responsibility and all this junk that I, what am I doing owning all this stuff?
2: Why don't you have a, I'm not dead yet auction, like just have a, like a a estate sale, but say, I'm not dead yet. I just want to get rid of stuff. Would you be able to do that? I think so. Yeah.
0: I think so. Let me just
2: get rid of it. You'd have to really, really let go and let the auctioneer just seriously sell off stuff.
0: The problem I have right now is my dad is uh doing this Swedish death cleaning thing.
2: Mm. He's, and he's some just med- giving it all to you?
0: He's forcing it on me. Yeah.
2: That's very cool.
0: Every time he shows up or every time I go see him, I go home with some more stuff. There's stuff in my house that the roommate doesn't even know it's there yet. She's Uh-oh. gonna walk into one of these uh, upper bedrooms we have and go, where the hell did this <laughs> shit come from? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you oh, know, my and, and some of it is family heirlooms. Like my dad or my grandpa bought something in israel that's italian in the 50s and now it's sitting in my house because i'm the only one that was willing to take it it's a big marble table that weighs a million pounds oh my and and it's really yeah it's all fancy and nice but what am i going to do with this
2: oh god and it's
0: pink marble
2: oh for god's sake just sell Sell it. it
0: sell it yeah
2: just I see should. what it's worth, and you know.
0: Boats. The old man has about twenty boats, oh. and they're all on my property.
2: Oh my God! Wow. No. And,
0: yeah, and we had a big argument about which ones need to go, and you know, and all of that. And luckily, what I've got going for me is uh, Dad's wife agrees with me, so it's us two against him. Well, I mean, what <laughs> ch-
2: how many can you let go of before he, you know?
0: Half a dozen
2: tips out of the canoe, as Ross would say. Oh,
0: yeah! Half a dozen. dozen, Do it. Do it it now,
2: so it doesn't burden you later. Like seriously, make a plan, make a schedule, and set deadlines.
0: And I know you hate this thought process, Kenny. But find somebody who can just run marketplace for you on Facebook. Get rid of all that stuff and fund your next few vacations. John, I want you to turn around and look at. Look yes. at the three walls behind you. you. All the junk yes. I have,
1: yeah. Do you really
0: need all that stuff?
1: I don't. And here's the problem. I was going to bring this up. I'm older than you guys. And and, and in the last three years or so, I I keep thinking, boy, I got to get rid of it. And I started with the CDs. Yeah. Because I had, I don't know, 8,000 CDs. Sure. I started selling a bunch on eBay, taking the rest to cheapo. But then, then I started getting some more vinyl, new vinyl. So basically, I'm not... Yeah, you are a collector. that's the problem yeah, yeah. I, well and i have all these guitars i have uh i'm a 66 year old guy and i have old baseball cards well what the hell yeah. why are they worth anything they are yeah they're old tops from the 50s and 60s but uh but still what i mean what good are they doing to me I, uh-huh. I don't pull them out and look at them i don't uh well play with them because I'm 66 years old. But uh, there's so much junk here. You hit it right on the nose, this room and my wife would be right here with you. She'd be, you know. What about, listen to Kenny, listen to Kenny.
0: What about clothes? I have clothes that fit every version of Kenny from 170 (laughs) pounds up to 260 pounds. And I refuse to uh, throw them away because as a matter of fact, on Monday morning I went and bought Three pairs of pants, and they're fat sized pants. Yeah, two great. of them. Two of them don't fit me because I'm too fat.
2: Okay, let me. Uh, let's take a break, and then I'll tell you how to deal with that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my
0: hand. You hold my
2: hand. Yay!
0: Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at adoptuskids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. First of all, when I buy three pairs of 40 size waist pants, Mm. Two of them are 38s and one is a 40. What what the hell is that all? About? Yeah, that's, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, don't so do that. This is I didn't,
1: no, no consistency.
0: I, and I didn't try them on. I'm not a try them on in the store kind of guy. Okay. So I left all the tags on them. I left them folded up and I thought, I'm going to bring these back and get my money back. But then I thought, and I just went on a diet this week and I'm no. taking it really, really seriously. I'm really behaving myself and I'm going to lose all of this weight. Um, and now that I've gone public with it, I have to. So here's my thinking, Dawn. I'm going to keep these fat pants because while I'm tr- uh, transitioning back to, mm-hmm. you know, let's say my goal is 180 pounds. As I'm transitioning back to that, I'm going to need to wear these pants. Is that
2: the right way to do that? Which pants?
0: The ones I just bought on Monday that that are, are too small. that are too small.
2: Okay. Um, well, that's fine if you have a goal right now. But my thing is with keeping old clothes because I have, a lot of clothes, and I'm if I buy something, I make myself throw out like not throw out, but donate. Um if I buy a shirt, I have to donate a shirt. It's oh. equal. And sometimes oh. I go into like if I buy one shirt, then I have to donate two. Yeah. Um, you if you have old stuff that is like your skinny clothes that you used to wear, get rid of all of that. Because you think you're going to wear it again, but whenever you lose weight, you will want to buy new clothes because you'll like the way you look and you don't want to wear that old stuff. It's just taking up space and clutter. So get rid of everything that's from, if you haven't worn it in a year, get rid of it.
0: Oh, Dawn, 10 years.
2: Okay, this is really going to make you feel good. You just have to, you know, like have a couple of beers and really just like
0: get drunk. I don't know
2: and just just put it in in trash bags. You won't remember you had it also. You'll feel like weird pain that you're letting go of it. You're like, oh, I remember that concert I went to. Get rid of it.
0: (laughs) Well, Make a quilt. I don't know. The cool thing about the cool Mm -hmm, mm t-shirts is we give them all to, to the kid. So the kid, um, he's 23, he's walk, walking around in retro T-shirts from concerts in the 80s and 90s and yeah, bars. Yeah, not and once stuff. he
2: got it, Target. Yeah,
0: and, and so all the old people think, oh, that's pretty cool, kid. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's my mom's T-shirt or my dad's T-shirt, and they don't fit into it anymore. <laughs> yeah. You can sell those on eBay, Keddy. They, they bring all good money. All of this
2: selling stuff, John, you're not doing it, though, so I don't want to hear this advice from you. Well, I do it
0: all the time. He does the I CDs. Do it constantly. Yeah, you he do does do it. the okay. CDs. How do you deal with that, by the way? That's that's, okay. It's awful.
1: I list say 40 CDs. It takes me an hour and a half. Somebody buys it. It takes me two minutes to bag it up. So I'm spending two hours and making you know 400 bucks. So
0: so I'm thinking in the case of CDs, there's not a lot of endless uh, questions and a lot of uh, negotiating and dickering. None. All you
2: have to do is put this isn't scratched. Take a picture of it, not scratched.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You're so right, though, Don. That one of my closets upstairs that uh, is—it's got to be 12 feet long—is full of T-shirts that I haven't worn in 10 years or more. And I looked through there the other day, and I—some of them I don't even remember having.
2: Okay, yeah, you got to let those go. Get rid of half did, of them this weekend.
0: I did have to get uh, garbage uh, smile sacks.
1: At- at Dawn's uh, quilt thing, because Kenny, I think you know this. I t- we I had what fifty old GL shirts because every year we get free ones for the fair, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh-huh. My wife said we got to get rid of those, and then she goes, "You know what? If you don't want to throw them away, I'll have a quilt made." So we had a quilt made out of all my old GL Good. shirts. Good, yes, that's the best way to do it.
0: <laughs> what Ed, do you have? Any all you've worked at a million radio stations? Do you have any of your old um T-shirts? Yeah, here. yeah.
2: me. Yeah. Um I. Don't I just have one from the Eagle in Dallas, which was a rock a station Eagle. At
1: work. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does, don't they? I have a Y ninety three Bismarck it, North I, Dakota t shirt. Actually it all it's a
2: hat stuff away. I just have a hat. I don't have yeah. any T shirts. Yeah. yeah.
0: The only station stuff I have or that I keep are hats. All of it gets given away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And every year when they give us another T shirt for another, I'm like, uh I have a lot of T shirts that have my name across them from the station for yeah. from the Pride Parade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never, ever, ever going to wear a T-shirt with my name on it outside of being at the Pride Parade.
0: Bring it, bring it to it the fair. It just says
2: Dawn, and it's like, you know, in rainbow. And I'm like, bring, I'm not.
0: Bring it to the I don't fair. Wear that.
2: Just should I we, should just wear the same one every year. They, they don't need to make new ones. I'll just sh- wear the old Dawn shirt.
0: Should we bring our old stuff to the fair and then give it away uh, when we have to do Krabby? <laughs> that, I'm already
2: bringing storage unit stuff.
0: Oh, all right. For those wondering when we have to do Krabby, Thursday, August 31st, shortly after 9 a.m. Yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Uh, I do want to talk about that. Uh, But the whole reason for bringing all of this up is I want to know how you would do it, Dawn. Would you do it alone style? Would you do it Dick Prennicky style, way out in the bush with supplies uh, um, flown in? Would you get a a van or an RV or a pickup Mm -hmm. um, and go park in the desert? What would be your preferred life? I know what mine would be. It would be driving around in a big SUV, staying in hotels.
2: Oh, yeah. That's too expensive. I'm too cheap for that. I would definitely want um, an RV. Yeah. Big one? But maybe, um, mm, I I maybe want like a fifth wheel so I could take, you know, the, uh, take the truck off because being saddled to something that breaks down like that, like you can, you can leave that fifth wheel and, you know. And then fix the truck.
0: But you can also leave your fifth wheel in the driveway and it'll break down just sitting there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Those things are notorious for just mysteriously not working anymore after sitting there for a month.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe a small (laughs) fifth wheel. I don't know. I guess they're always big. Yeah, I would prefer to live in an RV. Actually, my niece and um, her husband just moved back to missouri from living in the grand teton national forest they yeah. lived on a ranch in an rv like it was a beautiful in the bridger um mountain range there
0: uh, i've been there i've snowmobiled yeah. in there i i love that so much so they, that's my that's my spot
2: they yeah. worked a ranch there um yeah. and it was like a it's like a you know a tourist ranch type thing so they they worked the animals and <clears throat> and also did like horseback riding things with people and all kinds of stuff. They don't own it, of course. They're they're just workers, but they just moved into a house next to my sister.
0: My favorite. I knew. A, all right. I had a snowmobile guide. I was out there alone, and I had a guy guide me through. Um, it was uh, the Big Horns, the Big Horn Mountains. I had a guide for a day, and he was a farmer in the summer, owned land, wasn't married. And in the winter, he moved up to a resort in the Bighorns and mm. just guided people on snowmobiles all yeah, the, all winter. It's great, that be was a great heaven. Life. But here's why I don't want. Here's why I want an SUV because I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the mountains and mountain passes. Nothing worse than being pushed down a mountain with a trailer behind you.
2: Oh, we're yeah. trying
0: to do those curves and those passes. Oh,
2: that's true. <laughs> that's, yeah.
0: So, my deal is I want a, a, an SUV or a, a van, a conversion van, mm-hmm. where I can sleep anywhere I choose truck stop, rest area, side of the road, pull off into the woods, and there's my bed right there. Yeah. So, the biggest I'm going is conversion van.
2: Well, that's good. All right. Well, it looks like we have a plan.
0: <laughs> let's, let's, let's do, do it. it. All right. <laughs> um, so, if I'm not here next week, you know where I'm at.
2: Okay. Actually, we won't know where you're at, just out on the road. Just the way I like it. Thanks for listening to news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. New episodes drop every week wherever you get your podcasts.